Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic. Kevin, here to bring you the next in our Falcons training camp preview series. Today, we're going to be wrapping up the offense with the offensive line, offensive tackle, center, guard, all those groups, taking a closer look at who the roster locks are, who the top competitors for spots are, and uh, give you my take on who I think is the most likely guys to make the roster. Uh, These groups, not as big as they have been in years past, especially tackle. It's a group that's kind of light, so we may see some additional moves there, but definitely an interesting one uh, outside of the, the locks, which I think are pretty cut and dry. There's a lot of opportunity for guys to sort of surprise and make the roster. They, the Falcons have brought in a lot of those sort of fringe depth competitor types uh, to this to this team for training camp. And I, I think there's a chance we could see some surprises. We could see some draft picks let go potentially. Um, I think it's going to be a very exciting uh, training camp for offensive tackle and offensive uh, interior offensive line depth uh in terms of the starters there are a few battles we'll talk about in this group but other than that um it's pretty much cut and dry except for for really one spot on the offensive line which is a good spot to be in if we're being honest so excited to break into that group today uh do want to remind folks once again uh we are still running our training camp fundraiser. If you're interested in donating to that, the link is streamlabs.com slash the falcoholic slash tip. All the donations this month are going to that fund. If you want to help our travel, uh, appreciate that very much. Thank you guys. Uh, also want to give a shout out to our patrons. If you want to sign up and join our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash falcoholic live. And, uh, I know a lot of people are interested in our fantasy football leagues. Uh, those are always really popular every year. Those will be forming right about the end of July into the preseason is when we'll be doing our slow drafts. So if you're interested in taking part in those, please do sign up uh, in the next few weeks, probably around the end of our training camp coverage is when we're going to get started with that. Um, and I just want to make sure I have enough spots for everyone that wants to play. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, there's going to be some cool prizes this year. So definitely Stay tuned for more information on that. Uh, before we go any further, I want to read you a message from our sponsor, betonline.ag, your number one source for all your betting needs. You can get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Again, maybe you're feeling overly confident in the Falcons or another team. Uh, you can bet on NFL futures right now before the rest of the league catches up to that hype train uh, after training camp. Bet online is your sports Intel headquarters this season as they've got you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card card games you can play right from your home. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code. That's believe, B-L-E-A-V. You can also see it uh, written over here, right, guys, <laughs> in the corner. Uh, you could use that code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, guys, let's dive right in to these offensive line previews. Uh, this is an exciting group. We're going to start with tackle. Uh, and there's really only out of seven guys that are currently on the roster. Again, I think this is probably going to add a player 
maybe two uh, as we get into training camp. We'll see. But as of right now, I've got two roster locks in this group. Um, the first, and, and they're obvious, right? They're two guys the Falcons are paying a ton of money to. Um, and obviously the first one is Jake Matthews, who's the starting left tackle and has been basically ever since he was drafted back in 2014. And then Caleb McGarry, the starting right tackle, who, you know, is a guy that I was trying to replace last year. I was worried that he was going to take a step back, but McGarry basically silenced the doubters this year, really became a lot more consistent and earned himself a nice big contract extension. So he's here for the long haul as well. These two guys are absolutely safe roster locks, both core players on this offensive line for Atlanta. Jake Matthews, the ultra reliable, ultra consistent pass protector on the left side. He's going to be key to the Falcons being able to pass the ball more with Desmond Ritter than they were with Marcus Mariota. And they are going to try to pass the ball more, guys. They're, they're not going to keep the passing attempts that low. But I do think this is still going to be a run-heavy team. Um, but I think it's going to get uh, probably 55-45 pass to run this year and not be actually more rushing attempts than passing attempts. But um, a big part of that is can the offensive line hold up in pass protection? And I think with with Jake Matthews at left tackle, he's a big help there, obviously. Um, he's been one of the most consistent players on this offensive line since he was drafted. So great player to have uh, on your left side. This is uh, his really expensive year this year. And the Falcons were really wise to do this now when they were going to have such an abundance of cap space. And then after this year, his cap hit actually gets very reasonable and very easy to move on from. Not that I think that they will, but if they ever were in a situation where they decided they wanted to trade Matthews for assets or they needed the cap space for somebody else, they have that flexibility. And he's also just on a reasonable, I think it's like 18 and a half million sort of um, deal for the next three years. So Matthews, very affordable under team control for a long time, getting into his early thirties. So he's, uh, and I think a really good place in the Falcons should have that left tackle spot locked up long-term, um, at right tackle, Caleb McGarry, like I said, uh, a guy that, you know, I was not on Caleb McGarry Island, like, like Aaron Freeman was. So, uh, Aaron Freeman, that, that condo on McGarry Island's looking a lot better these days. Uh, McGarry ended up taking a contract that I thought was, below his market value. I don't know how Fontenot got him to agree to that, but look, um, good for him, right? Uh, I, I, you know, it's not like it's a like, tiny amount of money, but $11.5 million was, was a lot less than I expected Caleb McGarry to take. And if you look around the league at some of the other tackles that I would have put in his range, like Jawan Taylor, for example, who got over, I think, 20, um, it's no competition. This is a complete bargain signing for Terry Fontenot getting McGarry back in here for three more years. And it's, and honestly, like this is a situation that's really perfect for McGarry. Whereas a guy like Jawan Taylor, not a good run blocker, but a really solid to good pass protector. And the NFL values that more. That's why he was so much more expensive, despite him not probably being, you know, the most consistent or, or good overall offensive lineman. Like he's probably on McGarry's level. So that's where you're seeing the difference in price. McGarry elite run blocker, sort of average pass blocker. But he's gotten a lot more consistent with that, so he's not gonna, he's not a liability on the uh, at right tackle as much anymore. I think it, he's gotten that tamped down pretty well. Um, and I, I and there's this is a position where guys do continue to improve and develop into their late twenties, early thirties. This is a long term growth position, so there's it's not out of the question that McGarry does continue to hone those pass protecting skills and. Um, you know, he's gotten better, I think, at handling the speed. I think he's always been pretty good at handling the bull rushers. So 
his strength and play as a run blocker is also really important for this scheme where the Falcons are going to require him to to carry a lot of the load there. Whereas Jake Matthews, very athletic blocker, not necessarily a people mover. Um, you know, I think he's always been an average to above average run blocker, but McGarry has been an elite run blocker on the right side. He's got that power and athleticism. He's that right side is going to be where they're going to be bulldozing with uh, McGarry and Chris Lindstrom, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, I, I do this this tackle duo is is absolutely rock solid at worst and has the upside to be one of the better tackle duos in the NFL if McGarry can continue to improve. So really happy with those guys. We'll move on to the roster competitors group at tackle. And this is the other five guys. I think all of these guys have a legit chance to make the roster. Um, none of them fill me with confidence in terms of swing tackles that I would trust to play. Uh, immediately in the NFL, the Falcons did make the puzzling decision to move on from Jermaine Effetti. We don't know what was going on with that. It was sort of a, the timing was kind of interesting, but they do have a couple of guys in here who I think are NFL quality. Um, they just haven't really been tested much. The, probably the most tested of this group is Josh Miles. Uh, they also have Barry Wesley, who just got done with a run, a very good run in the XFL. And then Ethan Greenidge, who spent several years with the Saints, made it to the roster, got hurt. Um, so he's a guy that the Saints were going to carry on their 53-man roster and did have in, I think, two or three training camps as well and was on the practice squad quite a bit. Um, but he just never quite was able to translate that into playing time. The Falcons also have Tyler Vrabel, who was a UDFA from last year, who did end up uh, sticking on the practice squad. And then, of course, Jalen Mayfield, who apparently has transitioned back to tackle. So Mayfield's odyssey continues. You know, if he's healthy, this was his natural position. He has size limitations here, which is why they were trying to make him a guard in the first place. I don't have a lot of faith that this is going to go super well for Mayfield, but he's going to have an opportunity uh, to play tackle now, it seems like. Um, but yeah, in terms of of these five guys, I think, you know, to me, I think Josh Miles is the one that has the best chance. That's just my opinion. Um, I He's played quite a bit. I think he's been an, a solid uh, starter when, when called upon. So, you know, I, I think he's probably the most reliable swing tackle option. I believe he can play guard as well. So that's always a boost. Um, Barry Wesley, he, he did have a very good season in the XFL. So he's got that to his name. Um, he was a later addition. Um, and I, I think he's somebody who's interesting. Again, I haven't watched these guys a ton. Just haven't been grinding that practice squad tape guys, my bad, but um, I do think the top three, like Josh Miles, Barry Wesley, and Ethan Greenidge, all have pretty good chances to be the swing tackle. I just don't know which one is going to emerge. The team does like Tyler Vrabel. Um, they've kept him around, so he could be someone that they they turn to as well. But again, size limitations, that's what sort of kept him from being drafted as a tackle. I, I assumed they were going to convert him to guard, but they've kept him a tackle in the similar situation to Jalen Mayfield now where these are guys that probably should be playing guard at the NFL level, but are still playing tackles. So again, Jalen Mayfield, he lost his entire season last year. Um, and now he's a third round pick with really bad tape from his rookie season, which again, not entirely his fault, obviously um, got really thrown to the wolves there, got, you know, thrown all over the lineup in training camp in his, in his rookie season and then forced to start. Uh, at a position he'd never played and barely played in the preseason either. So I don't want to throw Mayfield under the bus for that coaching mishap. That was just a bad, bad situation from all sides involved. Um, but now going back to tackle, I mean, is that going to be enough to rehab his career? I don't know, but 
he was a guy that I thought was a good tackle. He only he only had about I think 14 starts at right tackle in college. So he was definitely a guy that was you know less experienced. So maybe going back to that natural position will help him find his footing a little bit. Um we'll see. I I do think it's going to be a really tough climb for Mayfield, but I think it would have been tougher at guard where we know he was not good. Um so getting another chance to tackle, maybe he can stick uh as you know, a bottom of the roster guy. Maybe he can make it back to the practice squad. I don't know. Teams typically don't like to move on from these day two guys after only two or three years, right? But um, it's a really tough hill for him to climb to make it back to the roster at this point. Um, even going back to his natural position, I, I think it's it's a tall order. So, you know, tackle to me, I like the starters a lot. The depth is not encouraging. So I do wonder if this is a spot where we'll see a veteran signing for swing tackle before we, uh, we get into the end of preseason, depending on how these guys look, maybe Josh miles or Wesley or whoever come out in the preseason and look great. Um, and then we don't have to worry about it, but I I do think there's a lot of veteran tackles left on the market. I think this is a spot where the Falcons probably are going to possibly look to find some veteran assistance at this point. All right. Interior offensive line, this group, uh, bigger, nine guys here, which makes sense, right? Because there are three starters on the interior versus only two at tackle. And I think this group is also pretty cut and dry with the roster locks. Um, I've got nine total centers and guards and four roster locks in this group. Chris Lindstrom, Drew Dahlman, obviously, are the first two. Uh, and then we've got rookie second rounder Matthew Bergeron. That's obvious. You're not cutting your second rounder. And then I also think Matt Hennessy is is ultimately going to be safe. I, I think he's a roster lock at this point. Um, so Lindstrom, it's obvious. They just gave him a massive extension. He's arguably the best guard in the NFL. He was the best guard in 2022. Obviously, to get the crown of the best guard, I realize you know you have to do it for more than one season. But he's on that trajectory. He's been getting better every single year. It's a really good, positive trajectory, and I, I just love Chris Lindstrom. I think he's awesome. I want to shout out uh, Will McFadden over at the site, thefalcoholic.com. Just did a great film review on why Lindstrom is so effective, especially in this scheme. So definitely go check that out, guys. Um, And I just love Lindstrom. He's, he's, he and McGarry on that right side are really going to make this a, a very dangerous rushing attack, especially running to that right side. And maybe the left will get there as well. Um, depending on what happens at left guard. We'll talk about that. Uh, but yeah, Lindstrom, absolutely 100% safe. Arguably the best player on this. I mean, I think it's pretty clear he's the best player on this offensive line now. So uh, Thomas Dernstroff gave the Falcons some big gifts right before he left, right? Got him Lindstrom, got him a Gary who did end up panning out, and AJ Terrell. So, uh, you know, didn't do a lot of things right, but did nail those last few first round picks. So uh, got to give him his credit there. Drew Dahlman, as well. Uh, he seems to have absolutely taken control of center. There's not really a competition. The Falcons had an opportunity to add the best center in the draft and John Michael Schmitz, and they passed and decided to go with Bergeron, who we're going to talk about next. So they have a lot of faith in Dahlman. I, I was kind of surprised that they didn't look to upgrade that spot. I think a lot of people were expecting them to go after the Titan center who was cut as well. Um, but they seem to have a lot of faith in Dahlman. He is really young he is a guy that I think got better as the year went on. And it really, it just, it comes down to the pass pro because I think Dahlman as a run blocker was very effective, consistently effective in that 
uh, arena. And then the pass blocking was just inconsistent, which is, if that sounds like Caleb McGarry, it is. So if he can get that pass protection up to where it needs to be, and, and then the other thing is, can he get his, his protection calls to where they need to be? Because the, the Falcons were vulnerable to the blitz at times. They were not getting stuff picked up the way they should be. That's something that can come with more experience as well. So I think Drew Dahlman uh, has an opportunity to to improve that aspect of his game, to improve the anchor and the pass protection. And I think he has every opportunity then to be an above average center. So we'll see how that works. But again, this isn't a Falcons offensive line that's now paying three out of the five guys. You probably can't get an ultra expensive center in here or an ultra expensive left guard in here. You're going to have to get some mid-range guys or some you know, young guys in here to fill those spots because you can't pay all five guys. It's just, you can, it's just, it limits the rest of your offense in a big way. So um, I think Drew Dahlman, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. I want to see that improvement, but he's a guy that I do like quite a bit. Then we've got Matthew Bergeron, the second round rookie who I just love. Um, he's such a fun guy. I'm really excited to, to meet him and talk to him more at training camp. I did get to see him play here in Syracuse. Um, it was a guy that I always thought was really good. I, I honestly thought he would play tackle. Um, at the NFL level, and I, I, this is not a guy that's like a Jalen Mayfield or Tyler Vrabel that we talked about where he's got size limitations. I mean, he's not the biggest tackle, but I think that he could play tackle. That is still something that could be in his future, but I think for now, getting him in at left guard is going to mitigate some of his biggest weaknesses, like his some of his footwork stuff um, when doing those deep passing sets and stuff on the outside. That Those were some of his weaker areas, so I think getting him in that more condensed space, letting him use his physicality and his strength and, and really accentuating his athletic traits in the guard position is probably going to result in better play early in his career. Uh, so I do really like the Bergeron pickup. And I think that by the end of training camp, he's probably going to be the starting left guard, but this, you know, this team is all over the place with how they do this, right? Like uh, we, we saw the team, basically throw Jalen Mayfield to the wolves. Now, maybe you could argue that was because they had no better options, but you know, are they willing, are they going to do that again? Are they going to put Bergeron out there or are they going to roll with Matt Hennessy, who I think is the other roster lock? He is the current left guard starter. He has been starting basically, I think all through the off season program, including mandatory mini camp. And we all know Matt Hennessy has the flexibility to slide over and play center too. And that's why he's 100% safe because this is, if he's not starting at left guard, Matt Hennessy is their backup center. Um, I think as well, and his flexibility is to play both those spots at like a solid level, I think is really valuable. I think he's he's a guy that you want to keep. He is, I think, um, making like two point something million against the cap. So he's not cheap. He is one of those guys that the Falcons could cut to save, I think, 2.7 million. Um, I don't think Hennessy is going to be the savings is not worth it. The Falcons have plenty of money still. Um, I think that Hennessy is safe. And I think he's one of those guys that, uh, if, if he's not a starter, he's going to be in a, he's going to be active every single week because he's that primary interior backup. Uh, and I, I, I do like Hennessy. I think he showed a lot of improvement at guard last year when he did have to play. And if he did start the year at guard, I, I wouldn't be upset. I think he would have earned it, um, in a battle with Bergeron and, uh, you know, I, I am expecting Bergeron to overtake him just because I think Bergeron's a lot more talented, but especially as a run blocker, but it, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, it depends on how quickly Bergeron takes to guard because it's a position he hasn't played before. So it's nice to have that insurance for the guard position when you've got a guy that is transitioning. Bergeron at the senior bowl did a great job. 
playing guard for like, you know, 20, 30 snaps or whatever, but that's different than going and doing it at the NFL. So at least they're letting Bergeron do it for an entire training camp, unlike Jalen Mayfield. I hope that uh, they've learned their lesson there. Um, so last thing we're going to talk about, the roster competitors at center and guard. That's the remaining five guys that we've got here. Um, and I'll just run these down. So Ryan Newsel, the newsflash. Uh, Jovan Gwynn, the seventh round pick from this year. Justin Schaefer, last year's sixth round pick. Kyle Hinton, who the team picked up extremely early after he was, I think, waived maybe by the Vikings, if I remember correctly, um, as like a futures contract guy. And then Jonathan Harrison, longtime veteran center, who's sort of stuck around on the practice squad uh, for a long time. And this group, I do think this actually group has quite a bit of intrigue. Now, this is going to be a tough spot to one of these guys is probably making the roster, right? Um, But I think all of them have a legitimate chance. So it really just depends on what the Falcons are looking for. You know, Ryan Newsel and Jovan Gwynn are both sent are both playing center. Um, we know Newsel can play guard, and we know Jovan Gwynn can also play guard. Gwynn does have size limitations, which is why they've converted him to center. So he's, he, you know, being a pure center. I mean, maybe he, they still view him as like a swing guard type of guy. Um, he certainly didn't have trouble playing guard in college, but at the NFL level, that those size issues get amplified a lot. Ryan Newsel is a guy I've, I've always really liked. I do think he's probably the favorite right now. Um, he's a guy that has sort of just kept stuck around. He's just managed to continue to to stick on the practice squad. He's even been on the roster at times. I, I think Newsel, you know, is once again going to get uh, an opportunity to make this roster as the backup center, as another swing interior guy. Um, so, you know, I, I think Newsel's probably the favorite. I think jo- Jovan Gwynn is absolutely in the mix as well. Then we have last year's sixth round pick, Justin Schaefer, who didn't ever make it onto the roster, was a practice squad guy. He's going to also have a strong opportunity. Kyle Hinton is a guy that the coaching staff clearly likes because they scooped him up immediately after he was waived. Um, he's played some in the NFL. So again, this is a guy that, that could have some skills. And then Jonathan Harrison. I don't think Jonathan Harrison is a serious contender for the roster. I do think he's a guy that could always just linger on the practice squad because of his experience. But I think his his path has gotten a lot harder with them adding Jovan Gwynn to the mix, who's another uh, center. So his road is probably the toughest of any of these guys to stick either on the practice squad or the roster. But again, he, he's a guy that does have a lot of experience and, and at center that is important. So this group I think is really interesting. Um, I'm not like sold on, on how much I love any of these guys. I do really like Ryan Newsel, So he's still going to be the favorite for me. What are we, are, are we going to get anything from Justin Schaefer with Jalen Mayfield moving over to tackle this? There's a little bit more opportunity here, but you know, ultimately the Falcons are probably keeping like nine offensive linemen. So that's the five starters, probably two tackle flexible backups and two interior backups. Um, so they, they could have room for a pure center in that group, right? If they want to keep Gwynn or Newsel or Harrison, um, more than likely, like at least one of those guys is going to have guard flexibility, Matt Hennessy probably, right? Um, or Bergeron if he's not the starter. So there's maybe two spots, maybe one spot, depending on how many offensive linemen they want to keep, uh, how many tackles they want to keep also. So this is a tough battle. Um, and I think we're going to, you know, we'll see if Gwynn can sort of 
make his way up the depth chart. I think Ryan Newsel right now is is the second team center. So I think he's he's got the advantage at this point, but the team really does seem to like Gwyn. So we'll see. Uh, and then at guard, it, it's a bloodbath, right? Because you've got Bergeron added to that mix. Then you've got Justin Schaefer, Kyle Hinton there as well. Um, it's it's going to be tough uh, for these guys to crack that unit. We'll see who emerges from that group. But I, I do think there's there's some potential diamonds in the rough in this group. Ryan Newsel has already become one of those guys. Um, and I think the preseason, again, it's sort of hard to evaluate offensive line play. Prior to games, it's just, you know, it's not full contact most of the time. They're not, you know, tackling full speed most of the time. It's just hard to evaluate run blocking, pass block. You know, sometimes you could see obvious pass blocking mess ups. You could see good reps. But these two groups in particular on the offensive line, you know, it's probably going to take until the preseason for us to get a real clear picture. But more we can monitor who's getting rotated in and out, who's playing left, who's playing right, who's playing center. Who's playing with the first team? Who's playing with the second team? Have guys moved up from the third team to the second team and so on? That's what's going to tell us, I think, who's succeeding. Like, who's who's growing or who's rising up those ranks. Like, if Newsel goes down a rank and Gwyn comes up, that's obviously a big deal and so on and so forth. So, that's what you should be watching for in camp. You know, at tackle, the same thing. If there's guys that are on the third team that move up to the second team, guys that go down from the second team. Um, guys that mix in with the first team, obviously that's a big deal too, because they're trying to get them some continuity, some, some, you know, knowledge of working with the starters. That's a guy they're obviously trying to, to help learn swing tackle. If guys are moving from left to right tackle, that's also something to watch. You know, if you're trying to groom someone to be a swing tackle. Um, so I, I, these are all important things to keep an eye on going into training camp. Um, and I think these two, like I said, it's hard to evaluate these groups in camp sometimes, but I think there are things we could learn. And that, of course, the preseason has not been kind to the Falcons offensive line in the past. Uh, so I, I hope that with the, the improved depth, the improved starters, uh, that this group will not be uh, a, something that holds back us from enjoying that holds us back from enjoying uh the preseason because we actually have like a good second team quarterback now. Like Desmond River obviously was last year. So that was a pleasant surprise when we got to see him play. Now we got Taylor Heineke who can go out and, uh, and hopefully, you know, do some fun stuff in the preseason and make those, uh, preseason game calls a little bit more entertaining for, for odd, not an eye. So guys, once again, thank you so much for tuning in, uh, to the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said before, you can donate to the Falcons Training Camp Fund. That's in the show description. You can check out the community Discord server. The link to that is also in the show description. Please like, subscribe. If you're watching that video and enjoying it, please do leave us that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. If you're enjoying that, you can follow the show at Falcoholic Live on Twitter. If that you know platform continues to exist long-term, we'll see. But uh, guys, appreciate you spending uh, some of your offseason time with me. We'll be back next week with starting with the defense. We're going to start on the defensive line, go in like sort of reverse order here uh, from the offense. So look forward to that, folks. It's going to be a good one. Uh, today's show was brought to you by Bet Online. Until next time, guys, thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you.